You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. You no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Do a second take? Is that what you're doing? I'm one take, did Alan, I, motherfucker. Did, did I interrupt take. you? I'm one take. <laughs> I was going to say, this summer, Quentin Tarantino brings his finest movie yet to the big screen with Jacqueline Brown. Jacqueline Brown? <laughs> Jacqueline. <laughs> That's if Nicole Kidman was, <laughs> was cast instead of Pam Grier. <laughs> Man. The last name would be uh, Burke. Or I think that was the original name was Jackie Burke. Jackie Burke? Yeah, for the original character. Um, well, I guess since we're into it, welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am doing fabulous. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. We're minus uh, Benson. Yeah, man. He is. Uh, There's an empty chair. I, li- I like how we make it. His chair is actually facing the wall, like it's <laughs> the end of fucking <laughs> the Blair Witch Project. He's in timeout. <laughs> he's, he's in timeout in the corner. He's in witch timeout. <laughs> Don't turn around and look at him, dude. You can't take it. So I can't look in that side of the room. I can't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, is this your first time seeing Jackie? Brown? Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's very surprising to a lot of people, and it was really surprising to myself because I really, 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 really liked this movie. What may be my favorite Quentin Tarantino I think movie it's, I, of all time. Wow. I'll have to agree with you. It's my favorite as well. Um, I hear you. That's crazy, though, after a first viewing that you're saying that. Because I was, you know, I was getting ready to say, like, you know, this is the one that most people usually put at the bottom of the list, or the one they haven't seen. This right. is, like, Death, death, death Proof. But, Death Proof? Yeah, I've seen, I, I even I saw that in the theater. Uh, I've seen every one since Kill Bill in the theater, because that's when like he was on my radar. You know yeah. I mean? so, that's when he was his own brand, for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm coming at it differently than most people, because I'm like coming in as, you know, from the podcast perspective and from a filmmaker perspective, and, and you know, so I'm watching it, and I think this is his first movie that we've watched that really just comes out strong feeling like a fucking movie. Like, just the pacing of it and just, like, the, the character development. I don't care that it's running long. You know, this movie's almost three hours long, and, and I wasn't really, like, really mad about that. Because, I, like, all the characters are so well-defined that, like, it's just, I liked it. It's kind of one of those things where, like, you know, when you get to the end of a movie you really like, you don't want it to end. You know, you're oh, like, yeah. you're like oh, man, I don't want this to kind of wrap up. I kind of, like, I'm kind of invested in these characters. This is the first film of his that I felt where I, I like really I kind of liked all the characters, even down to fucking Chris Tucker's little ass. You know, <laughs> when he got shot, I was like, "Oh man, who's that? That's Belmont." <laughs> was it Belmont Jackson or um... Belmont was Chris Tucker? Yeah, no, I'm trying to think of his last name because Belmont oh, was his uh, first name. Yeah, what was it? It was Belmont. Belmont um... Jack- or, um... Anyways, yeah, I forget. Yeah, <laughs> Livingston. Belmont Livingston. That's yeah. what it was. It's a good name. But um, he's always the same character. Oh, Chris Tucker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's usually Come it, come it, my man. Come it, come it, come it. Well, you know, One, I'll, two, I, three, four, Now that you've five. said that, I guess he was a little bit more subtle than he could have been. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, this was pretty played down for Chris Tucker. Yeah, Chris, Fifth Element is like, man. 
Oh, yeah. Ruby Rod! <laughs> that was hard to take when it came out, and it's still hard to take a little today. <laughs> Even though with those Rush Hour movies, you know, it's, I don't know. It, it, it grows on me a little bit more. How much you know money do you think he made off those Rush Hour movies? Yeah, I don't even want to think about it, man. I mean, you know, even Brett... Dude, Brett Ratner made that dude so much money. <laughs> I'm sure Brett Ratner made that fucking killing. He's got a mansion. He's, oh, yeah. he's doing okay wow. as well. You think they're going to do Rush Hour 4 before Jackie Chan dies? <sighs> Come on, man. We need man, it. Do we need it? Oh, I we don't, need no, it. We Come on, man. It. In a world where we're getting everything remade, Bill and Ted's coming back, bro. It's time to bring back and, Rush man, Hour. Man, those Rush Hour movies just get really bad as they go along. It's not like a series I can see like... It's not like the Lethal Weapon series where it's like, oh, you know, it's like three was it was it was it wasn't great, but it was okay, and yeah, yeah I could see a fourth one. Rush Hour is kind of like uh, if it comes, they come back into a fourth, it's just going to be worse than the third one, and the third one was already pretty boring. <laughs> I mean, when Chris Tucker, you don't give him things to do in a movie to be funny. It's right. like wow, what are we doing here, guys? Don't you ever touch a black man's radio? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness he he does have uh yeah that that is probably one of tarantino's uh best scenes is uh chris tucker's sequence his little uh yeah, sidestep par- subplot apparently his- a lot of that is uh ad lib in the back of the um a back of the, the the trunk or whatever oh yeah like the um I saw in the in the behind the scenes thing that the the writer of the book was like in in the book it's like a really really short scene and they talked about how they just kind of let him go they just kind of like let it just let that scene kind of happen. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, because really, he's just... They're, they're you know, just bullshitting. You it's know. the arms dealer coming to take out one guy. Yeah. It's like, I don't want you to talk. I'm going to shoot you in the face. But in the movie, it is like a good 10, 15-minute scene. Yeah. At least it feels that long. <laughs> I don't know if it actually is. But I mean, it's good, it's the, though. The, the quintessential, you know, uh, Quentin Tarantino, you know, looking in the trunk, looking up at, out of the trunk, you know. The third movie in the row that he's done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was my favorite sequence of his, uh, the the Chris Tucker sequence in Jackie Brown, until Inglorious Bastards came out, and that opening scene just blew me away. Oh yeah, man, that's that's like I think that's his best quality, like amazing, you know, top of the one of the best scenes ever, you know, put on film is that. Yeah, yeah. That you know, I was, scene. I was just noticing, like watching these first three films, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. And Jackie Brown, this is kind of a, a trilogy in Quentin Tarantino's career. He kind of he kind of lost this style in his in his latter films. He incorporates certain styles. I'm talking about visually with the the shots. He'll just keep like long, you know, medium shots right. on actors for a really long time. And then he's got this steady cam where he'll follow actors that goes around. And it happens in Reservoir Dogs. It happens in right. Pulp Fiction. And it's in Jackie Brown. And he kind of really changes that and really focuses on lighting. I'm thinking like Kill Bill. When she goes in there to, um, oh, who is the uh, Lucy Lou? Yeah, I forget the uh, what is the gang? The Crazy Eighty Eight. Yeah, the Crazy Eighty Eight. <laughs> she goes, Uma Thurman goes in there and takes all of them out. And there's just all these different visual styles and motifs and the way it's shot. Right. Like there's even a shot where you can see like Uma Thurman's like sneaker in that movie. And I think it says something like "fuck you" on the bottom. Yeah. It's like that. It's just insane all over the place. And right. AK, you know what I mean? It, these films feel different from. His latter work. Do you think that that's because uh, he he thought that this movie was going to be the one, and he put so much into it, and it didn't really get the notoriety immediately that Pulp Fiction had gotten, and so and it was kind of more subdued. Like people, I'm sure, were expecting more crazy, and this one was like a three hour long love story, basically. Um, <clears throat> so maybe when when he came back, he felt like he had to like really kick it up and like really show him Quentin Tarantino. Because people probably thought that he lost his edge or whatever, sold out to the Hollywood system. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, a lot of the violence is off screen in this one. Right. Except, yeah. The plot's not as crazy. It's the easiest to follow of any of Tarantino's movies. Uh, dude, totally. I think maybe that's why I liked it so much, because it just felt, I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's long, like I said, but but there's so much good character shit going on. I mean, he, even even De Niro's character, I, I like him a lot, man. He's just so you've never seen De Niro like this before, ever, and he just feels like you know he's a ruthless motherfucker, but he feels like he's just a pushover the whole time up until the very end where he fucking he, he, he pops a cap in that girl's ass, like and, and, and you're ready for him to do it too. You're like, man, yeah. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere though. It's so abrupt. Now he's a, he warned her. 
He's like, you better stop. <laughs> he did. He gave her one morning, and then she kept running her mouth. He's like, He's oh, like, no, 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 oh, okay. All right, yeah, shit. But even her death scene, like, you don't see her dead body. You don't see... Nope. I don't think you even see any blood. I don't remember a single blood spray or anything. I just remember falling out of frame, and you see the flash of the muzzle. Of her dying? Uh, I think there may be a blood come up, comes up into the frame a little okay, bit. Okay, is there a little bit of blood? Yeah, there's, there's slightly a little bit. I think I remember seeing that. I know when De Niro gets shot. Oh, there. yeah, that, that's great. Oh, I love man. that, man. He shoots him, shoots him in the front of the chest. Yeah, oh, man, that's cool, man. That's, that's, a good that's Yeah, that's good. But still, you don't see it. It's not like an 80s movie where you see the hole. Uh, no. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't like this when I first saw it. When so, did you first see it? Uh, I, I saw it in theaters. Um, really? Yeah, it was the first Tarantino movie. Well, I, I saw it in theaters, but I, I didn't see it actually like in the auditorium. This was one of the movies I projected. It's 97, right? This came out in Christmas of 97. Okay, I was 13. How old were you? I was, uh, was just 16. Well, the time I projected it was 16. I was working at a military theater. You were working at the theater. Yep, and wow. uh, I was I was just got buddies buddies with the projectionist upstairs, and like one of the first movies, I think the first movie I projected, if not the second one, was like uh, Titanic. No shit. And we got Jackie Brown after Titanic, <laughs> and I think they came out on the same day. Really? Or, yeah, it was so definitely this was the Titanic same year. Yes. Wow. In the in the thick of Titanic, and this was one of the movies I got to project. We didn't project it until like the summer of like ninety eight. It was like May of 98 when we finally got it. Wow. Because those military theaters at that time were kind of like the, the dollar theaters. We Sometimes we'd get it after that. But it was cool seeing this uh, through the little window. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, like, you know, the projector had like a little speaker on the side. You could turn the volume up. I remember that. That's how I first saw Jackie Brown was through a little projectionist window. And I watched every fucking frame. Minus when I had to do the change of the reels. But cause, I mean, that theater was super old. Yeah. Platters? No, 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 yeah, just reels, no oh, platters. Wow. So when I worked at the uh, Regal in um, Winter Park, there were platters. They weren't, the, they didn't have the reels. Oh yeah, the big trees. The where big, you have yeah, to... exactly. Yeah, those that's are cool. Awesome. <laughs> I try to explain those to people, like, oh yeah, like how it had to go up and like thread over and all that. It's yes. amazing, dude. Yeah, it's it's something you really have to see. Yeah, it, it is cool. And that doesn't really exist anymore, does it? No, unfortunately, it doesn't. I, I, man, I we got love. to witness some cool stuff. Like, I'm, I'm glad. That's cool. Yeah, I'd love to be a projectionist, man. Like, still, like to, to work on the ones in film. Man, when you're when, fucking, when I was in college, that was one of the best jobs I ever had, dude. Yeah. Like every every Thursday, you'd put the film together because they'd all come in like I don't know, they'd come in like ten reels, eight to ten reels, for for an hour and a half, two hour movie. And you get to put all the reels together, and then you right. have to check the movie to make sure you. You have to put the trailers in and all that kind of stuff. There, there was call a, there your was buddies a up and be like, "Hey, hey, come over to the theater right now. We're gonna watch this movie for any other motherfucker in the whole world." Does. Come <laughs> on, come on. Yeah, because you have to check it. Um, there was a. Uh, I remember there was a wall that had these like it was like a pegboard, not like a peg, but it's like you know like, it's like little like sticks sticking out, like a whole board of those, and that's where they would hang all the trailers. Oh yeah. So that, so you could like pull different trailers to build things and all that, and then there was a whole like a cabinet that was full of old trailers, and I've got a few. <laughs> the, like I don't, I don't remember what they are. They're they're bullshit, but I've actually got some trailers that that ran in theaters like on thirty five millimeter film, which oh, is yeah. kind of cool. And that's also good ones, man. James Bond trailers. Oh, that's badass, yeah. man. This Pierce Brosnan works. Um, and it wasn't like individual booths, which I thought was interesting. When you went up, it was like a big, giant open room that connected all the theaters at the top, and it was like a row of different projectors yep. all in a row, which you wouldn't expect. And they were right there; they had Razor scooters that they would like scoot, scooter around to get to the end. You know, if you had to get, you know, do you see what I'm saying? No, no, yeah, I totally it, it, it kind of looked like some men in black looking shit with like pools of light, you know. <laughs> Anyways, it, it was just really neat to, to see behind the you scenes. You hear all the, the fans up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, it's definitely oh, not man. what you expect, but that's there's something magical about it. Oh no, man! Yeah, you're sitting on the reel and actually cutting fucking film. You know, it's oh, like. I don't know. When I was a kid, it was like, "Oh, look, I'm in. I'm in the very last stage of the film distribution, man. Right, yeah. If this matters, if I'm I fuck this it. shit it's up, real. man, I'm gonna fuck up the experience for the movie. Right. My job's important. I don't know. And it was just cool handling film. How do you think that's done now? Are they, they just bringing a hard drive? Yeah, it's just a hard drive. There's, dude, some of them are they just download. Really? Yeah. They, 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 there's a torrent in the back. There's, there's downloading a torrent. <laughs> It's a screener on it. <laughs> Property of Universal Studios. <laughs> Man. Oh, let's hope they don't do that. 
No, no, definitely not. Um, I, I, I think they there was a thing where they, they send them wirelessly. You know, there's like a network or whatever, like a, a server or something. Yeah. Probably sent through FTP. <laughs> they used to, yeah, they used to send things. I, I think some of them now, they send like dongles and things, like mm-hmm. little USB sticks. And yeah, there's all this different stuff now. Different projectors, different things. But that's cool, man. So um, it's 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 neat. You got to see this in, in in a run. I think I think I would like it. I think I'd like this in the theater. I think it feels it feels epic enough that it, it could it, it would be really nice in the theater. I mean, today there's so much stuff on TV that's that's really big and it can play. It feels like it plays like a TV you know movie or whatever. But I think some movies really should be seen in the theater. And I think this is this this is this could be one of them. You know, because it, it's it's chill. You know, you can kind of re- lean back and kind of fall into this movie. It's definitely Tarantino's like stoner film. <laughs> you said that earlier. I don't really get that. How how is that? It's kind of like his dazed and confused. Like I mean, like, like the characters are just sitting around, like getting high or just <laughs> hanging out, having a drink. Right. It's like everyone's oh. like we're we're getting the chillax moments. Yeah. We get you know. I mean, I'm not saying there's no tension in the movie. There's a couple of scenes where you get you know some real confrontation. Right. They're really violent and they're really abrupt. But most of it's just kind of hey, we're chilling, we're hanging out. Samuel L. Jackson uh, drinking another screwdriver. I wanted to go make a screwdriver the whole time I was watching this. I don't even really drink orange juice anymore because of so much sugar, but, man, I wanted one after this. Like, like even the uh, impromptu uh, sex scene between uh, <laughs> Fonda and De Niro is just, uh, hey, you, you want to fuck? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. She's like, mm, that was fun. She's <laughs> Three not, minutes later. Yeah, she's like, she's like now, now we can get to know each other. <laughs> I thought De Niro did a good, pretty good job, man. Three minutes? Yeah, you know, He was in prison for how long? Four years. Ooh, man. That's not bad, dude. Not bad at all. Yeah, I, I did not like this, though, I think because of Was it your expectation? Yeah. You know, I'm, I think I wanted Pulp Fiction 2. That's, that's what I was saying. Yeah. That's why I was thinking that, that that's why the, uh, the latter films have been more Tarantino. is because he's like, they want fucking Tarantino? I'll give them fucking Tarantino. Yeah, it, it does seem... It seems really tame after you watch Pulp Fiction, and it's yeah. a good... Uh, what is this? It's almost three years later. So... Three. Is it three years? Three and a half. Yeah, almost four. And uh, you think that that's because uh, it's an it's an adaptation, or is it uh, you know because everything else has been actually you know written by? I don't know. I think it gave Tarantino like it's the first time he didn't have to really think so much about the plot, right? Because that was already worked out. And um, what was the name of uh, Elmore Leonard's novel? Oh, fuck. Rum Punch. Rum Punch. Yeah. I guess like the A to B plot is kind of. The narrative's worked out there. So he's got all this time to just focus on this beautiful little old age love story, or I guess late middle age love story between Robert Forrester and Pam Greer. He's so good, man. I like his character so much. He's so pure. <laughs> and just, I don't know, man. And just and like he's every got time. Old, great old man, like, you know, reactions to things. Yeah, and every time it cuts to him and he's listening to that song, it's it just like, it's so fucking cool. I'm just like, wow, man. It's oh, the Delphonics? Like, yeah. You know, he's just he's just he's just thinking about her, man. You know, even when he sees her, when he, um, Jackie Brown's first coming out of prison, and Max oh, Cherry's she's got, coming, oh, you know, she's man. in silhouette, and he's just like staring at her, and they're doing that slow push on him. Oh, dude, yeah, man, he's got like love in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it would just, yeah, you expect his jaw to drop. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. But it's subtle. Um, Robert Forrester, yeah, very uh, very good actor, underused. What else has he done? Uh, well, I know him. He's the bad guy in the Chuck Norris film, The Delta Force. I know I've seen Delta Force, but it's been so damn long. I thought Robert Forrester, I didn't know his name was Robert Forrester, but I just thought he was a Middle Eastern actor forever because really? he, he plays a Middle Eastern bad guy in <laughs> Delta Force. It is so bad. I didn't realize how bad it was. I went back and looked at some clips today because I hadn't seen that movie in about 15 years. Woo, buddy. Is he as bad as the guy from Short Circuit who plays an Indian dude who's not Indian? No, it's worse than that. Wow. It, yeah. Like, when I was a kid, like, man, that totally fooled me. <laughs> As an adult, I'm just like, what? This Whoa. is terrible. Oh, my God. How did you get away with this? It's the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> he was also in Alligator as well. I didn't see Alligator. Oh, man, you got to see Alligator. The little kids, they flush the alligator down the toilet in, uh, what is it, New York? And then right. it comes up out of the sewer, and it's like a giant, like, I don't, I forget how big the alligator is, but it's big. What's uh, what's crawl about? Is that about alligator? Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, alligator. Yeah, alligators because it's like in Florida or Louisiana or something, and there's a hurricane. Yeah. I've seen the trailers. I haven't seen the movie yet. I want to see it though. 
Alexander Aja. I'll see anything that man does, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Even if it's big alligators? Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> like, that's more reason to be there. What are you talking about? True. Yeah. A lot of people, because of the casting of Pam Greer in this film, like to compare the movie to um, black exploitation films. Which is, I think, what Tarantino wanted you to do. I guess so, but... It, you know, a lot of people like make that comparison and even call it like a black exploitation film. And man, it's not though. It is not. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like that at all. It doesn't have the feel of coffee or and Foxy Brown. Or... And there's no like, like <laughs> the fucking uh, wah wah guitar. Well, yeah. Well, no. There's there's a couple moments where they have a uh, that uh, the wah wah guitar. Oh, I love that. Uh, Across 110th Street. What a badass fucking song, man. Just like, there's so much great music in this movie, man. Also and, and, from the movie, Across 110th Street. Yeah, man. That's one of the best songs ever made. That is that is really good. <laughs> it's a badass song, dude. My wife and I were, were jamming out in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good soundtrack, man. Dude, yeah. It is really, it's really good. Nonstop. Uh, you know... I was I was looking on Wikipedia and they said that James Newton Howard did some of the score for this, but man, I did not even hear it. Maybe it's some of those instrumentals that I was thinking. I was about for... to say there's some there is some like breakdown kind of like uh, like you say instrumentals, but it's very bare bonesy kind of like stuff that's going on. And I don't remember, but yeah, there there's some scory stuff that's happening. Yeah, but I thought that was just like you know like I don't know repurposed seventies music, kinda like, music, yeah, yeah. kind of like Pulp Fiction, you know. That's instrumental stuff, but it's pre-existing, right? From other artists, this, and you this can't find it. Possibly scored, yeah. I, I, and it was kind of it stood out to me. Uh, the scenes, I think that's score. I think that's score instead of pre-existing. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was trying to find it. it was, man, you cannot. Apparently, it doesn't exist anywhere. Hmm. You can rip it out of the movie. Yeah, I think it dialogue on yeah. top of it. Fuck yeah. I mean, fucking Quentin Tarantino already puts enough dialogue on his goddamn CDs as is. Oh, yeah, yeah. The beginning of shit, it's always going to have like a little bit of the scene and then it goes into it. Yeah. I want you to like set the scene. <laughs> but I, I do kind of like it sometimes, so I'm not going to knock it completely here. Yeah. Yeah, there are moments where it, it does work. Oh, we were, we were talking about Robert Forrester. He was the only actor that, uh, well, fuck, he was the only thing, period, was his uh, supporting actor nomination was the only oscar nomination this film got really yeah man you would think that uh samuel jackson would get something out of this dude he's so fucking strong in this and so is pam greer pam greer dude Dude, she's like fucking rocking it for real fucking pam greer like what the fuck how did she not get a nomination have no idea golden globes gave both samuel jackson and pam greer nominations not robert forrester that's interesting yeah there's some like politicsy shit that always goes on with that. That's why the Globes are always the honest one. I don't know, man. The Globes like even put them in the comedy category, like Sam Jackson. See, best that doesn't actor, make any sense. Musical or comedy? Jackie Brown. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I mean, the movie oh, has some funny dude, that, that dance sequence. Woo, girl! <laughs> when they broke out into song. <laughs> Across a hundred and ten street. <laughs> I'm going to find that girl to flip that trick for me. <laughs> the other thing is uh, Tarantino shot this in a 185. I noticed that. Aspect ratio. It bugged me. Did it bug you? I thought the framing was very nice for this. No, no, no. It was shot really well, but like I was as I was watching it, I like paused it about 30 minutes in and then went over and grabbed my Blu-ray and flipped it over and was looking at it. I was like, okay, I'm making sure I didn't get like a fucking full screen blow up or you know what I mean I was like yes. what am I watching here why <laughs> why isn't this in my aspect ratio <laughs> but no it was shot for that and then and then on the uh, behind the scenes they show a lot of the the monitor and you can see you know their the framings which yeah is cool. I thought the framing worked really well like because um, he it never really has more than like five characters so you really don't right. you know in a, in a scene so you don't really need the extra space. Right. You know, and I, I, don't, I think it helps the locations he's shooting at, too, because right. most of them are just normal apartments, you know, dressed very bare. Dude, yeah, the uh, the beach house or whatever where um, blonde chick, what's her name? Melanie. Melanie. God damn, what a bitch. Just, like, insufferable. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> get my white trophy or whatever. He's like, but she's white. <laughs> That's the only redeemable quality for her. Uh, but anyways, um, <laughs> she throw a motherfucker a fuck. Yeah, she throw a motherfucker a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he was really sad about losing her too. I mean, it wasn't like yeah, you know. He's like, man, he was he was heartbroken. He was like, yeah. when he's talking about 
her passing away, he's like, man, fucking Lewis had to shoot my little surfer girl. <laughs> it's like, damn, bro, are you about to cry? Fuck. He's like, I guess if you had to. <laughs> damn, calm down. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about how the sets are, are really bare. Oh, but her, yeah. her, that, that place is just white walls, basically. You know, just very run down. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for Jackie Brown's, like, a place, because... I think they said she made like sixteen fucking thousand a year in this. Well, I, I was benefits. So I was, like, I was yeah. reading something where they're talking about that everybody in this movie is middle aged and they've lost their outlook on life, even down to how they're living. You know, like they're they're right at that point in their life and they can't. Everybody's in their mid forties and just can't. You know, just struggling, struggling to get by. Every everything in this movie's middle aged. I can see that. Yeah, it's kind of a good. Uh, Outlook on it, or look a good like uh, point of view to see. Makes me think that uh, maybe Bridget, Bridget Fonda was miscast. Well, they you were, know what no, I mean. They brought that up. They were like, "Well, she she's the youngest person, but she's like at the point of her life where she can't like you know she she can't do better than what she is, you know, really." That shit's gonna rob you of your ambition. <laughs> Not your ambitions to <laughs> smoke weed, smoke weed, and sit and watch fucking TV all day. Yeah, damn. Well. You know, Touché, girl. Touché. I um, I, I just watched the most recent uh, uh, Netflix just released uh, the new season of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, and they have one with um, Eddie Murphy. And he asks him, he's like, "So what do you, what do you do?" And he's like, "Nothing. I watch TV and I sit around, and I like doing that. That's all I do." Damn, <laughs> that man was on top of the on top of the world. He's coming back. He's got he's got a couple of new movies coming out. And he's got uh, that uh, Dolomite, Dolomite, right? Yeah. yeah, there we go. Speaking and, of black exploitation flicks. And uh, Netflix, I think, just offered him something like $70 million to do three stand-up specials. He hasn't done stand-up since the 80s. Wow. So he's he's coming back. But, right. like, uh, damn, dog. So, yeah, he's been sitting around for about 30 years. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, he's been done movies. Somebody say he's been sitting around for about the last 10 years on his ass, watching TV, watching Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit, I can't think of much he's yeah i can't think of anything he's really done in the last 10 years uh he did that one movie called uh mr church that i really liked it's by the same people who did same director who did driving miss daisy oh yeah yeah you yeah. mentioned this before I, really um, I have not seen that yet yeah i need to get off my ass you need to get with your wife and watch that movie both of you will love it i guarantee it <laughs> oh, is it, gonna, is it gonna make me cry yes don't make me oh, yeah man, it's one of those now man <laughs> Oh, let's see. Uh, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. We have to bring him up. Um, it is special to note that his character, the, the Ray Nicoletti, I think in this movie he's a, what's he, ATF? ATF. Agent. His character also shows up in Steven Sodenberg's Out of Sight. The FBI agent. Yep. He's got one, it's one little brief scene with like him and uh, Jennifer Lopez. And... Um, He's like kind of breaking up with her and meeting the dad. It's not bad. Why bring that character back like that? Is that just a little nod? It's a little like, you yeah, know, now we're in the same world. Well, yeah, why not? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Sodenberg was kind of a nerd and uh, he knew Tarantino was doing this Elmore Leonard novel. He's like, oh, hey, you know, the Ray Nicoletti character, he's in one scene of mine, movie. Let me see who you cast and maybe I can cast the same guy. Oh, that's kind of sexy. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's world building. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. I love Steven Sodenberg. Yeah. Anything that man does. I'll, yeah, Even if it's shitty, I'll go see it. Even if it's shot on an iPhone. That was a good movie, dude. <laughs> was it? Yeah. The untrained? most recent one? Yeah. Did he use the weird little uh, anamorphic iPhone lenses and all that? Oh, I don't know what he used. I'm talking about the, there's a newest one or whatever. I don't know what it is. Oh, I don't know about the newest that one. that basketball or something? Is there uh, basketball in it? No. I'm talking about the one in the middle, uh, in the middle hospital. I think that was no, the first no, no, one okay, he shot yeah, no, on the my, there's iPhone. There's a newer one. Oh, there's really? a newer one on the iPhone that he did. And they actually got little anamorphic iPhone lenses and shit. Like, <laughs> it didn't look terrible. How does he? How does he attach to the camera? They clip on. They clip over the outer camera. Like it just kind of clips on the phone. What do you mean it clips on? Like it just clips onto the phone and like covers like the, a magnet. Uh, the, so it's like, how does that work? <laughs> if this is the iPhone, it like clips onto it like that and goes over the camera. Oh, yeah. Cause it's like a whole case almost. Is, is it that no. big? No, oh, it's, it's just small. it's seriously. It's it's probably about an inch long, and it's just like it's just like a little little anamorphic lens, and it clicks over the little lens. That's fucking wild. You can buy them. Um, they're not that expensive. They're only a couple hundred bucks or something. I think. Are um, they good? They're going to iPhone, Brian. <laughs> okay. But but the, you know if you see the trailer and you know they're probably got some kind of weird app on there that's making them hack it raw or something weird. But uh, the. 
trailer for this movie doesn't look too bad. It's Sonberg, man. Yeah. So I, the one he shot without the lens adapters, I thought looked good. Yeah. Dude, I was I loved that fucking movie. <sighs> I did not see the end of that coming. It was good. Okay, I gotta watch it. I I, I, just, I could never watch that movie Tangerine because I was like, I can't. Can't deal with iPhone. Watch that movie, footage. and then, uh, well, you know, I like that filmmaker's uh, second film better, The Florida Project, with Wasn't William Defoe. Mm-hmm. It's on Amazon Prime right now. You can watch it. Nice, it's good. Um, that's all I got right now, man. I do trailers. Let's do the trailer. All right, let's trailer time. We're gonna be back, but this is a trailer for Jackie Brown. Okay, ready? Everybody, settle and action. Pam Grier is Jackie Brown. Pam Greer is Jackie Brown. Pamela Greer is Jackie Brown. Uh, 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 here we go. If you have the chance to walk off with a half million dollars, would you take it? Yeah. I never met a girl who makes me feel the way that you do. That's Beaumont. Who's Beaumont? Only employee I had to let go. When'd you get out of jail? Four days ago. For what? Like robbery. Well, I'm impressed. Ever been tempted? When you absolutely, positively got to kill every mother in the room, except no substitutes. All right, we're back. That was a trailer for Jackie Brown, the AK-47. You positively, absolutely got to kill every motherfucker in the room. Yeah. <laughs> but I carry 9mm myself. It's a Ruger. Jared Callen, Ruger 9mm. Thanks for... Nice to be here. What was it? Was it what was it? The, it was a 45 and what else? What were, the, what were the two guns he was comparing? He's, he said, uh, forget the motherfucker that was uh, on some TV show. And he's like, every motherfucker's got to have this one gun now because of this son of a bitch on the TV show. The 45. Uh, I, yeah, but what was the other gun? It was like, there was another gun. He was like, oh, that one's better. He said the 9mm is better because it doesn't hang up as much. Oh, that's what it was. Which is the reason why I carry one. There you go. Yeah. And you didn't even have to watch Jackie Brown to get that information. Look at that, man. Because <laughs> you probably saw chicks that love guns. Yeah, chicks that love guns. Um, <laughs> look, it's Demi Moore. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, in, the, in that trailer, they showed that bag of money. Apparently, that is a real half a million dollar bag of money. Let's say that you got a budget. What was the budget on this movie? Budget was $12 million. You got $12 million, and then you go to the prop department and be like, look, I need a half a million dollars in uh, in a bag for the scene. And they're like, okay, we can do that. No, 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 I really need a half a million dollars for some fucking reason. Uh, do you think that comes out of the budget, or did they like come up with a half a million dollars that Harvey Weinstein's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fuck it, right? You know? Maybe they shot those <clears throat> uh, scenes first, and that was like petty cash for the shoot. <laughs> It could be, you know. I mean, there, there's like there's there's a poster of uh that, that <laughs> there's a poster that's like the bag of money. And, oh yeah, and, and like it's like it's, it's never in the movie like that, but the money's kind of like coming out of it and all stacked. So so that lets me know that when they had that half a million dollars on set, they're like, let's shoot every fucking thing we can with it. <laughs> let's bring in the, the photo people. Let's set it all up. You know. Like even in the behind the scenes, there's like a prop guy, and he's like digging through it, and like <laughs> he's playing with it, and he's like, "This is what a half a million dollars feels like." Um, wow, man. Yeah, I mean, dude. Now that you said that, it reminds me. I like all the artwork for this movie, even though it's just people's faces. What do you mean? I like all the. It's just all the characters laid out. Yeah, you know, in a, in a Photoshop with a bag of money at the bottom of the poster. Oh, you're talking about the poster? Oh yeah, yeah. No, and no, no each, it's like a, it's a classy poster. Yeah, and then each like uh, they did a one sheet for each character, like a little <laughs> right. teaser. All those look good. I love the one with actually, Bridget Fonda with her tongue sticking out. Yeah, I like the. Um, I was just looking at it on the, on your screen there. I, I actually even like the Jackie Brown uh, logo. That's the bag of money you were. Yeah, talking the bag about. of money. And that's uh, Bridget Fonda's character one sheet. 
big old tongue all sticking out. Mm. Like she's trying to catch a dick or something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of you for buying soundtracks, man. Yeah, dude. I think you're the only person keeping soundtracks in business. Oh, no, man. Oh, is that splattered plastic, dude? No, no, no. They're doing horror soundtracks. I think I think they just uh, is it just hard? I think it's they, just they, horror. Come on, they get into sci-fi too. They did the thing. Okay, they they did they did. Well, you and those guys are keeping soundtracks alive, and me. Mm-hmm. I, I did buy the Garden State soundtrack, <laughs> which was one of the best soundtracks ever. I don't know that one. I don't know because you don't like that movie. I did not care much for that Fuck movie. Fuck you, Brian. It's I'm a gonna make you... version of the fucking Graduate, man. I mean, you no, know, what it's I mean? not. Yeah, it is. No, it's, it's not. Kind of, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it's kind of. It's, no, it's, it's not. like somebody like. Saying, oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna remake the Graduate for like a modern day audience. Like, what, what's what the we, Graduate? What, like, there's what are no, we there's no for? fucking old lady in in in. No, in, but it's it's a thematic remake of like you know like here we are. I'm a lost man who has everything in life, and I have problems because I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know what to do because I'm so fucking awesome. I have so many fucking opportunities. I think I just need to waste them all. <laughs> all right, man. Come on, dude. I think you need to watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. Well, before right. we do that one, I will. I, I'd love to do that one one day. And but before we do that, we need to do sideways. Sideways, I like. Yeah, Alexander so. Payne. Oh man, always does. Always yeah. does good work. Always. Although, um, I haven't seen The Descendants yet. That mm-hmm. is like a black hole. Have you seen King of California? It, uh, uh, Michael Douglas. No, I haven't seen that one either. Got some homework. Yeah, is that newer? That's newer. No, right? it, yeah, no, it's old. How old is that? At, right after Sideways. Wow. Mm. Mm. I fucked up. <laughs> it's okay. I really liked Election. That, 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 that was my favorite. Oh, yeah. That's the best one out of all those. You know, that, that's the one that everybody knows, right? Is it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the critically acclaimed. Is it the critically acclaimed? I do believe I, so. I, I, would think, I thought Sideways was the one that was critically acclaimed. <sighs> maybe that, that was, maybe, I think that was more like public. Like, you know, like, like that one got the big pop. I mean, that's the reason apparently wine sales like skyrocketed when Sideways hit DVD. Oh, yeah, dude. My sister-in-law went uh, <laughs> took, took my wife to a winery and uh, they came back with a shirt. It was one of the wineries that they shot wow. Sideways at. And oh, wow. they, yeah, it was a Sideways shirt. Uh, dude, I, I, I've always wanted to go on a wine tour because of that movie as well. I have no interest in a wine tour. Fuck you, Brian. You're drinking wine right now. I just don't, yeah, I just want to do it out in a vineyard. And just <laughs> I'm drink my wine at home. No, you know. Okay, look. I've been to one, one or two vi- uh, vineyards in my time. And there's always like a little like house. There's like a little like place you go on the vineyard. You go in and there's a bar in there, and then they have all the wines that they have there, and you pay the thirty dollars or whatever it is, and you get to do the tasting. And then you go in and they pour you little bitty shots of every wine, and they, you know, this one was. You know, grown in summer, and you can yeah, really just taste oak and all that, and you taste it, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. And he's like, yeah, okay. You can buy this bottle for $34.95 over here, but you know, that's special. You know, they're, all, they're always constantly fucking selling shit, you know? And you, and you then, gotta make that dough, And bro. then look, you, 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 you may get $30 worth of wine out of the deal, and you're definitely gonna leave with a buzz, and then you gotta exit through the gift shop, where you can buy the bottles of wine, and bottle openers and all this other shit and then just outside there it, all these places are the same as soon as you exit that area there's a little area with fucking tables and shit so you can start fucking pouring the wine and, and talking about your beautiful day at the venue so but if you went on a tour you would do eight or nine of those over a week no, no when's enough when I'm good you know, I get, get the experience, soak in the uh, ambiance of the place. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Look at these rolling hills of vines. It's beautiful. The grapes. <laughs> Look at that. It's awesome. They're grapes that if you walked up and you plucked one off the vine and you ate it, you go, oh, God. They're like sour. But if you ferment for a little bit, mm. ooh, then they become sexy. <laughs> and then you end up with a, a Godfather film. There you go. Or was that John Frankenheimer movie uh, <laughs> where they're in the wine year, uh, vineyard and they're all, well, I guess it's like a, a like winery as well. A winery. <laughs> a winery. Right? Now uh, we're going down to the winery. What is that John Frankenheimer movie? It's like they end up in like a cult and they're crushing grapes. I think it's Seconds. Whoa, I haven't seen that one, but damn. <laughs> oh, you should check it out. It's a really, uh, it's a badass black and white movie. It's got some great cinematography. Speaking of cinematography, Guillermo Nervada. Nervara? Navarro. Navarro. Yeah. Uh, he shot this movie. He did a damn good job. And uh, speaking of The Graduate, they kind of spoof the opening. Oh, they do? Yeah, yeah. that's right. 
And it's actually kind of cool. And it's long, though. Like, uh, I think it's a little long. But it's pretty. It's like, what do you mean it's a little long? It's like four fucking minutes, Brian. Yeah. She's going through the fucking the whole airport, though. You know, it's, it's like picking her up, and then she even goes through the, the airport uh, Is there security a cut checkpoint. In yeah, because she, she starts and she's just on the. What is a flat escalator called? Walkavator. Walkavator. She's on the Walkavator. <laughs> she's on the Jetsons thing. <laughs> Meet Pam Jetson. <laughs> her bag of money. Oh, my goodness. Uh. <laughs> There is Odell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> and then she goes. Yeah, she cuts it. She goes through the uh, security checkpoint. They let her through checkpoint. And then that when she goes through. She gets on the other walk evader again, and that time she starts running. And she goes all the way to the gate. And she's smiling while she's running. I've never run and smiled at the same time, ever. Is she smiling? Yeah, she's got a little grimace in her face. I, I kind of saw that when she was running. I think that's just... Did you notice, like, Pam Greer talked out of the side of her mouth in this movie? Is that because she had a stroke? Oh, I didn't, I didn't think she did. I don't know, man. I was just wondering why she's talking out of the side of her mouth. Oh, I thought she was just doing that as a character thing. Hmm. So it's kind of always one side's down? Yeah, I, I think that's why it looked so like she was kind of... if I switched it up on the left side, I think if I had to talk out of the side of her mouth, it would always be the right side. But you know, you know what I mean? She is yeah. kind of like... She raises one... It's uh, I get like it, Elvis. Yeah. The right, it's the right side of her face. Huh. I don't know why, why why she chose to do that, but she, now I'm gonna go back and watch it again and look for that. I rewatched Coffee before watching this film. She does not talk that way like that in that film. So is uh, Coffee or Foxy Brown the larger? Is a bigger movie? Uh, Foxy Brown's a bigger film, but I would suggest watching, watching Coffee. Coffee. Yeah, because Samuel Jackson did say he was like a. Uh, First scene I shot with her, I had my hands around her neck, and I'm like, "Damn, I'm choking out coffee." Yeah, co- coffee's the one you really <laughs> want to watch. It's got like, it's got some good kills. It starts like right away. You get well, like a bunch of nudity, a bunch of gun violence. It's really, you know, I mean, it just it starts better and it's better paced. I think than like Foxy Brown. There's that one scene where he's choking her out right there, and she's like, "Get your hands off!" You know, she does all that. Like, um, apparently that's the only scene where they allowed her to like really lean in, into the older character. So that's kind of how she was. She was very. You know, is that right? Um, or she leans into her, you know, black exploitation style character. A little bit, right? But I mean, like in the in the black exploitation films, she's yeah. Even in Foxy Brown, and in Foxy Brown and Coffee, because those films are very similar. I mean, she's out right. for revenge, and she's going out killing drug dealers that are sm- selling like smack on the streets. And there's always She's cleaning like, up the streets. There's always like some head pimp or coffee you know, cleaning up the streets. Exactly. <laughs> like coffee's like a nurse in that movie, although there's barely any scenes where she's actually at the hospital. <laughs> like, man, th- this chick has definitely lost her job while she was out revenge. <laughs> she hadn't shown up and working. Look, like they two know weeks. she's out saving lives <laughs> by murdering folks. But um, that it, it, she's much more of a badass persona, right? But I guess. Jackie Brown, I guess that would be the middle-aged, you know, version of that persona. This is coffee at 45. It, yeah. And her life kind of sucks and, you know. Yeah. Like, she even says, like, this airline job that she has is the worst. It's like the hellhole of airlines. So, hey, she gets $16,000 a year plus benefits. God damn, dude. Can you imagine living off that? What is $16,000 a year in, in 1997? I don't know. That's got to be, like, what, 20? Maybe? 20000 that what I make, Brian. <laughs> dude, that's, that's, that's rough living on that, dude. It is rough living on that. I mean, I, you know, I probably make more than that now, but like, um, I mean, yeah, starting off. Yeah. Hell yes. I've survived one way less before. But that's also when you like, you have roommates, a life. Oh, you know, oh yeah, life, totally. I couldn't live then. alone that way. No, man. Yeah. Adult responsibilities. Damn yeah. it. Fuck bills, man. I hate money, dude. Like, I spend so much money. I, I'm, I'm done with money, you know, because, like, every now and then I get a little expendable money. And in our industry, it's kind of like there's, like, feast or famine. So yeah. you go a long time without money. Uh, and then when you get money, you're like, oh, shit. I'm rich, bitch. I'm rich. Holy fuck. There's this, like, you know that new Apple Watch is out, and I'm going to get those fucking uh, those, uh, those, like, earpods and uh, AirPods and stuff. And then, oh, look at there. This is this. And then all that fucking money's gone. You know, I'll usually just go to, like, Best Buy and pick up, like... 12 DVDs? No, not that many. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do, Brian. I've seen your other room. 
Brian has every DVD ever made because he knows that when the apocalypse comes, we're still going to need entertainment and he is going to be the only blockbuster still in existence hey man what's, what's going to happen when like uh, netflix like uh gets shut down the servers because you get shut down you're like you know and they have to come to you and they're like brian we know you have the backups i don't know netflix is going to lose a lot of content coming up here pretty soon disney's going to pull all their stuff okay so it's it's a ploy to get everybody back on cable right uh, it seems like it's just going to turn into streaming cable well, yeah, because you know? you know now every single network is going to have their own their own streaming. Yeah, and, and no no one no one wants to pay all these seven dollars, so they're going to be like, "Fuck it, we're just going to go back to cable and pay sixty bucks a month where we get it all anyways." Well, shit, it's more than that now. Like fucking just Netflix alone, just for the what is it, ten eighty p? Get like two or three TVs. I pay less than fifteen bucks a month, and I get it's four like four TVs. Yeah, four TVs, four uh, K. Oh, it's four K, sixty ninety nine. You said yeah. It's, no, it's less than 15 bucks, and you get 4K, 4 TVs. I think it's going up again, though. Yeah. Because they, like... I'm about to cut my cousins and my parents off. Demand. Like, I've got too many people watching. I'm going to go down to one. But, like, I'm, all y'all motherfuckers are going to get your own. That's a good thing with the Amazon Prime, dude. Well, you're also trusting somebody with your Amazon Prime account, so... Well, actually, uh, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll give you a little behind the scenes here. Uh, my business partner and I, Spencer, uh, we both share an Amazon account, but we put each other as, like, you know, partners. So according to Amazon, I'm gay. Oh wait, it's is it a business thing or like? No, it's it's like it's like it's like oh. it's like we're you know we're together. Wow, so, like, <laughs> think about what Amazon thinks. About, they're like, look, these two gay guys live in separate houses. They live in separate houses, and uh, <sighs> they must not have come out yet. Those poor guys. You know what? <laughs> let's let's start sending them like really cheerful emails. <laughs> You're gonna start getting all these emails. They get that personal touch. It's like they're gonna go through all and be like, "How how how can we help our 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 customers today?" Things are different yeah. now. Don't feel shame. <laughs> Spend time with your loved ones. <laughs> Let Amazon bring you together. <laughs> oh. Brian, did you do Amazon uh, Prime Day? Yes, I did. Did you see where they sold a bunch of like film equipment for ninety four dollars? Like no. they let thirteen thousand dollar lenses. And camera body packages and stuff go for less than a hundred dollars. By mistake, it was an error. Yeah, and there's are they all, honoring? Yeah, the error? They, they, they get the shit shipped. Oh, what a bunch of lucky motherfuckers, dude! dude I just, swear, and, and it actually ran. It got posted on some website that it's happening, and they, it actually ran for a couple hours uh, before they caught it and shut it down. But uh, yeah. A bunch of motherfuckers got some really great shit. Dude, I would have instantly spent $2,000 and bought everything, and then I'd been like, all right, let's sell some shit. It's time to make some money, motherfuckers. Anybody want a a $13,000 lens for (laughs) $5,000? And you do that with some Apple computers. Oh, my God, dude. I got that new badass fucking uh, Mac, uh, what's it, the Mac Pro? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That thing looks sexy. It does. I'm excited to see what it looks like when it comes out. Mm. So, what is... um, What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing about this movie, man? What, what what makes this stand out to be the best Tarantino film of all time? Well, it, it's it's all down to the relationship between Robert Forrester and Jackie Brown. I think you know that's and they never really pay it off. You never yeah. get to see him like you know. Well, they get a kiss at the end. You know they they share a they share a like I mean his giant mouth on her. <laughs> he like and he like like fucking like <laughs> face hugs her, man. He's, Dude, look, like, Robert Forrester was like. I am not going to ever be able to make out with another hot chick. I am taking advantage of this. I'm going to suck your face, Pam. Stay here, honey. He, he, dude, he was excited. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I, I would be too. Yeah. She's hot. I, well, not only that, she's got, you know, she's got a kind of iconic status. Yeah. You know? I mean, I know she wasn't, and I guess really she hasn't since, carried, like, movies and lead roles. I mostly think of her, like, um, you know, supporting stuff. Like, even before and after this movie, she didn't really have the, you know, John Travolta Pulp Fiction effect where she kind of got a comeback in her career. Right. Which is a shame, but, I mean, it still would be intimidating. It's like, fucking, this is Pam Greer. You know, shit, man, when she was younger. Dude, those 70s movies. Oh, oh speaking of those 70s movies, i got to bring up uh, Sid Haig is in this. Uh, he plays the judge. He plays the judge. In the, uh, the hearing scene with the judge and... Uh, he cuts her bail shorter. Okay, yeah. That actor, who's also Captain Spaulding from House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was in a bunch of uh, those early black exploitation movies. Okay. He's in Coffee. He's in Jackie Brown. Oh, that's cool. Um, 
Well, not Jackie Brown. Well, he's, he's, he's Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. Obviously, he's in Jackie Brown. He's the judge. Um, that was cool. And even on the like the name, um, the buzzards, uh, there's like a bunch of names when she's getting ready to uh, hit the buzzard to go into uh, Ordell's house. Yeah. Where she does Jackie Brown. She actually says her name. Title of the movie. Yep. Um, there's uh, an S. Haig. Which is Sid Haig, and then there's a, a Jay Hill, which is Jack Hill, who's the director of those movies as well. Oh, that's cool. So he threw in some references. I mean, really, outside of that, that's all the black exploitation feel from this movie. You know, I, I like the uh, talking about sequences. Uh, I really like the mall sequence. I think that really, really, really stands out. Will that keep going? Yeah, no, that's good. I like it when, you know, it's, you get a little bit of the Back to the Future Part 2 effect where you're seeing all these, um, you know, different moments from different angles. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Different perspectives. And that, I don't know. That stuff's always cool. And watching how they're blocking. I don't know. When, when, the, when the third lady gets the bag or whatever, that had a good moment. That has a good feeling. I was like, oh, this is cool. You know. Oh, you're talking about the, the first test run? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Did? Yeah. And she walks off. And she walks off. <laughs> and she steals the money. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> There's like a there's a moment there's a couple of scenes where Sam Jackson's like, hey man, come on, come on, Lewis, go get the Simone on the phone, go get her on the yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. Bitch takes the money, just <laughs> clears out the whole house and leaves. That was great. You can't trust somebody like that, man. Well, dude, like no, you couldn't trust any of these people. Like dude, everybody all, around Ordell. They're like, shit. There's a bunch of money right there, man. How are we going to get it done? Yeah, even Bridget Fonda, like, she's like straight up trying to get with Robert De Niro, pull like a uh, double indemnity. Uh, Plot there, yeah. Let's knock him off and take the loot, <laughs> man. You just can't trust people, and he's all been running in his mouth telling everybody he's got a half million dollars down in Mexico. Yeah, Ordell's not very smart. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he, he does run his mouth way too much, man. He's quick on the trigger, though, man. He will shoot your ass in the middle of the daylight. Just psh, doesn't matter. Well, he told Robert De Niro, he's like, "Look, no one's getting in the way of my like was. It's just a million dollars." Yeah. Um, I did see on like one of the behind the scenes that uh, Quentin Tarantino, like an early stage of the script, had him like going down to the Philippines. He's like, yeah, that's, what, that's how he's going to make that million dollar stretch. Because there's a line in the movie that Sam Jackson does deliver where he's like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life spending. Spending, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, a million dollars? No, he said he was going to have, have a half a million dollars. But eventually have a million dollars. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it would be a million dollars with everything that he's got now plus the half million that... If he sold all the guns and all Jackie that, Jackie yeah. Brown's bringing. Right. I could stretch a million dollars, Brian. The problem would be if I were to, uh, you know, live like I were only making $20,000. Knowing that I had a million in the bank. I'd be like, there's those new Master Primes that I want to get. Damn. Dude, yeah, if I had a million dollars, it would go f- so fast. <laughs> Uh, you'd have to wallpaper your house and posters. Oh, man. <laughs> Get that original Chinatown. I've been eyeing forever. Oh. Is there one out there for sale? Oh, yeah. How much Absolutely. are they? Uh, about $500. Oh, Brian, that's attainable. It is, man. But those aren't the best quality. I would like, you know, a nice one. Cost about 1000 But, you know. Anyway, um, I'm out of it here, man. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie, man. I thought it was fun. So what are you rating it? I got to rate it a 10. My initial thought was 8.5. And and then as I started thinking about it more and more, I was like, man, this is a really solid movie. It's really great. So it's a 10. What do you mean? Like you're like right when you got done watching the movie? Yeah. Like, like I had to think about it a little bit and then do some research on it. The more I thought about it, I was like, wow, I, I, I did enjoy that movie. It, like, it stuck with me. I thought about it for a while. And that, that means it's a good movie. If I forget about it instantly, like Drag Me to Hell, uh, you know. <laughs> I like Drag Me to Hell. Oh, come on, man. I like Drag Me to Hell, man. I know you did. That's why I brought it up. But uh, <laughs> I watch anything Sam Raimi does. I know. But yeah, man, it's a 10. What, what do you rate it? It's a, it's a very, very solid 10, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's probably the, the highest 10 I'll give. Like, wow. It's like we gave all these other movies... Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, we gave all those tens. At least I did. Feels and, honorary. <laughs> you know, if we're doing like a, a, a doing great on a curve, a Jackie Brown curve, right. if you will. I agree with that. You know, uh, Reservoir Dogs w- would be like a six or a six five, and then Pulp Fiction would be like an eight five or a nine, and Jackie Brown would be the ten. Like it's it's something special. It's the one that like much like when I saw The Dark Knight, I didn't immediately love it. 
Right. It was like, oh, man, this is this is good. This is yeah, this is good. It's not as good as you know what he did before, but yeah, I'm still enjoying it. The more you watch it, like for me, re- repeat viewings really helped. Like just seeing yeah. the nuances in the story. I wish that I could. Have, I wish I would have watched it twice. Wish I had time to do that because it uh, it begged to be watched twice. There's so much going on. It's so long, but like the you know, there's a lot going on in the movie. Yeah, dude, and the, the love story. Um, that was kind of lost on me, because like the, I just kept thinking about it as a, as a heist film. The right. first time, you know, seeing it, and even the second, you know, the third time, I would say, that's how I, I, I would see it. You know, kind of more in the, the Pulp Fiction vibe, and you know, once you let that go and you just experience the movie for what it is and drop your preconceived notions and everything like that, man, I just, it's just like at the end of the movie when you get like the the last two shots. There's one of um, Robert Forrester, and he's he's watching Jackie Brown leave, right? And he watches her leaves, and you normally in the movie that's where you would cut, but Tarantino holds it, and you watch him go in the background out of focus, and you see him stand there for a while, and it he's putting his hands up, like he's rubbing his head, thinking, yeah, and that's when it cuts, and then we're in the car. With Jackie Brown, who should be fucking like, yes, I got over on all these motherfuckers. I got the money. I got the good life. I got this dead motherfucker's car. Yeah. And she's blaring uh, across 110th Street. I mean, she's singing it, but, man, she's just mouthing those words. She's not belting them out. Nope. She's even fucking them up a little bit. I don't know, man. That's 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 good filmmaking, dude. And it that's, is. That's a relationship, and that's a bittersweet end, and I don't know. I love that. I feel like all of other Tarantino films, they have definitive ends. Right. And this one just kind of like it peters out on this bittersweet moment. It just feels real. I don't know, man. And when you get to the end of the movie, it's just like, oh, fuck, dude. Everything is earned. <laughs> and all that shit that I thought was all that fluffy dialogue. Yeah. You know, all the stoner dialogue and all the <laughs> yeah. wasted moments. They're all earned by the time you get to the end. Yeah. I just saw that as character building. It's world building. But that was beautiful, Brian. I agree with you. Sorry. It's my Jackie Brown man. <laughs> and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to put a pin in it and tell you guys, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. Sorry, extra E at the end of the word crew. Gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at moviecrewpod. You can rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Tuned In, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Jared, where can audience follow you? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate and on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. You can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And today we're going to be closing out the show with track number one from the Jackie Brown soundtrack titled Across 110th Street by Bobby Womack. Enjoy. Across 110th Street I'm not saying what I did was all right Trying to break out of the ghetto was a day-to-day fight Being down so long, getting up didn't cross my mind But I knew there was a better way of life and I was just trying to find You don't know what you do till you put under pressure Cross 110th Street is a hell of a tester Across 110th Street Pimps trying to catch a woman next week Across 110th Street Pushers won't let the junkie go free Across 110th Street Woman trying to catch a trick on the street Across 110th Street 
there's a better way out. Shorting that coke, shooting that dope, man, you're copping out. Take my advice, it's either live or die. You got to be strong if you want to survive. The family on the upper side of town will catch hell if without a ghetto around. In every city you'll find the same thing going down. Harlem is the capital of every ghetto town. Let me sing it. Across a hundred and dead street. Trying to catch a woman that's weak Across a hundred and ten street Wishes won't let the junkie go free Oh, across a hundred and ten street A woman trying to catch a trick on the street Ooh, baby Across a hundred and ten street You can find it all Yeah. 